Welcome to the Taking Your Time podcast, where we help you with time-saving tips and strategies. We also hope to cultivate a greater appreciation for our most precious resource, and that's time. I'm your host, Jacques. Hello, fellow time hackers. So tomorrow is June 2nd, and it's National Global... No, sorry, I screwed that up. It is Global Running Day. Now, I did some research, and the fastest mile was 3 minutes and 43 seconds by Hisham El Gouroj of Morocco in 1999. I apologize if I butchered that name. I'm sure I did. Now, in high school, I could do a mile in seven minutes. I was on the cross-country team. I was not you know, a fast racer on the cross-country team, but I was on that team. Funny thing is, even though that doesn't come anywhere near the world record, I still can't do anywhere near seven minutes a mile. Definitely inspiration for me to get out my running shoes and, and run a little bit and get back into the swing of things. Now, today's tip is related to running, actually. When you think of running, you might have this vision in your head of someone waking up early in the morning or maybe in the evening when the sun's gone down, it's a little bit cooler, and, you know, they put on their shoes, they walk outside, and they have this nice, you know, 30, 40, 50-minute jog at this leisurely pace, maybe a faster pace if they're a little bit more athletic and competitive, but pretty much at a, at the same pace the entire time. And they're getting their cardio going, they're getting their heart rate going, and they're able to put on some music and think about something. That is a form of running, but it is not the only form of running. And it's not the only way that you can get the benefits of exercise from running. That is called low intensity, steady state. Now, any exercise or many exercises, I should say, can be low intensity, steady state. And many exercises can be converted into something else called high intensity interval training. So that's L-I-S and H-I-T. The interesting thing about the differences between these two styles. So low L-I-S, you are basically running the same pace the entire time if it's running okay and if you take that same running activity and you convert it what you're going to be doing is you're going to have variable intensity which means at some points you're going to be running as fast as you can sprinting essentially and then you'll slow down you'll rest recover and then you'll start sprinting again and you'll do these in intervals and that's where the the interval part comes from now, the Journal of Diabetes uh, Research, their participants, they had two different groups. They had one doing the LIS and they had one doing the HIT. The HIT group was doing their exercise in about half the amount of time that the LIS group was. And at the end of the study, what they actually found was the results and the outcome from the HIT group or HIIT group was about the same as the low intensity group. So the high intensity group, even though they performed their exercises in a compressed amount of time, in half the amount of time, they had similar results. Now, how that translates for you, if say you're running, uh, that may not be as a comfortable pace, right? You may need to start sprinting 
and get to a, a, a place where you know, you're not as comfortable and you're breathing a lot heavier and then doing that throughout your run in order to be able to get the benefits of that exercise in a shorter amount of time. Now, the recommendation in general for exercise from a few different groups is about 30 minutes each day. If you wanted to, you know, maybe doing it in half the amount of time, but doing it as high intensity could get you similar benefits, or you could do the same amount of time, but achieve a lot greater outcomes by incorporating high intensity training into you know, a normal uh, regimen. Hopefully that helps. That should save you some time. And, you know, I, one of the th ways that I've done this is I've tried the Tabata style running and that is 20 seconds of high intensity, you know, running till you just, you can't almost can't breathe anymore. And then 10 seconds of rest then 20 seconds of running. So that's like an extreme form. I don't know how much I liked it. It was a little bit tough, but I did feel like I was working out almost my entire body. So that's my anecdotal evidence. You also have some of the study that I shared with you. So hopefully that's a time-saving tip when it comes to exercise. Now for today's topic, which is three simple ways to spend more quality time with the family. So let's get some context around this. In Denmark, parents spend two hours per day parenting their kids. And studies do show that the children in Denmark are among the happiest in the world. Two hours is a great bar to set. It may be high, but I think it all comes with a little bit of context. Now, here in the U.S., there was a survey done by Red Robin, the yes, the restaurant, and you know, they found in that study that 70% of parents would like to find more ways to spend time with their kids. So clearly, this is something that many of you out there desire to have more time, more quality time with the family and more different ways to spend time with the family. Now, I know I may be talking about kids and parents. That's a common use case. But also, a lot of these tips will apply even if you don't have kids. They can apply with spending more time with your spouse. They can apply to spending more time with your parents, even if you're an adult. And, and that is still a desirable thing. I may say kids, but really these tips here are for everyone. Now, two hours is a pretty high bar, I will say, that you know this is among the highest in the world. I will also note that you know if you can't spend more time, don't feel bad. If you want to spend more time, there'll be some tips here that I can share that will be helpful, but also know that it's not the end all be all. Like a lot of studies are really showing that there's a, there is a lot of variables that come into play in how kids end up in their careers, in their intelligence, in their emotional capabilities. A lot of it is genetics, a lot of it is environment, a lot of it's peer groups. You know, not all of this can be influenced from parenting style as, as much as just having a stable environment. So if you can't get, you know, as much hours as you would, don't feel bad. It's really more about the quality and there are definitely other ways you as a parent can influence the growth of your kids. Now, let's take a look at what's possible. So the in, here in the United States, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics found that, you know, people who you know don't have kids generally during the weekday, 
working adults have about four hours of leisure time, or you can think of that as like discretionary time, and then maybe up to eight hours on the weekends. So when I say discretionary time, I'm taking out sleep. I'm taking out, you know, eight hours at work and commuting and eating. So all of the things that you have to do, there's no way around them. All of us generally have to do it. The leftover part of that is about four hours. That's your you know, the amount of time that you can play with. But that doesn't mean you're playing in those four hours. You may have other commitments. You may have a second job. You may have, there may be other things that need to come out of the, those four hours for everyone. It can be different. And on average, the same survey found that taking care of family is about one and a half hours out of each day. And generally that's going to come out of that four hours of discretionary time. You know, it's not a lot of time and it is a significant amount to to be able to have that one and a half hour. You know, you it may not be possible and it may be pretty difficult to do a lot more than that, but there is some flex room if you have the ability to do that. If you don't, that's fine. I came to this realization when my wife had our third child and of course, you know, a newborn, they take a lot of time, whether that's changing diapers, whether it's going to the doctors or assembling toys that you recently had but got rid of because you didn't think you would ever need them again. I digress. But, you know, everyone knows that newborns take quite a bit of time. And so there was some level of guilt that we had because we did have two other young children who maybe weren't at a level where they fully understood and they had a lot more time with us and that was suddenly taken away. Now the oldest sort of had that experience, but again, that had been a number of years and, you know, I think even more constraint was placed on that time at the third child than with the others. And so we were really trying to stretch ourselves and figure out ways that we could spend more time together, that we could do more things as a family. And I don't know exactly how I encountered it, but there were these, I guess it was like a Netflix video or something about baby exercises and not, well, at first I thought maybe it was like the baby exercising, but that doesn't quite make sense. But then I realized it was obviously it was you know, you exercising as an adult, but with a baby and the baby's participating in this thing, maybe not knowing that they are, but they're participating. And so you're getting your exercise in for your health, but you're also bonding with your child and, and they're probably having a lot of fun. If you can imagine, I, you know, I pop on this video, the kids are watching me. I grab the baby and I start doing some squats, <laughs> holding the baby, you know, in, in the middle in front of me. And of course, there's other exercises that you can do. And then the kids wanted to join along and then, you know, they wanted to do this wasn't one of the exercises, by the way, but then they wanted me to do push ups while they were sitting on me. You know, it turned out to be a very fun activity, a lot of it at my expense, but I was still having a blast. And it just made me realize that it didn't have to be black and white when it came to family time, that there's ways to incorporate family experience in anything that you're doing, as long as you, you think about it a little bit and structure it appropriately. That is the key theme for three different ways that, that I can outline for you on how you can get more of that quality time with the family without necessarily cutting in to you know those four discretionary hours um, assuming you're already you know giving up some of that time for specifically for family-based 
activities. So the first way that you can get more quality time with the family is by reserving that time on the weekend. So you have a lot more of that there, you know, potentially eight hours or more on each uh, weekend day. And you can go to out somewhere outside of the house, someplace that you maybe you wouldn't normally have time to do the packing and all of the other preparation that goes along with, you know, shuffling the kids into the car and going someplace or getting, you know, the family corralled. But you can do it on the weekend. You generally have more time. So committing to one outing, something to do outside of the house as a family every weekend is a great way to make sure that you're consistently getting in that quality time every week, you know, with the phone down, doing something outside. Now, you don't have to spend money. I know that's probably the first place that your mind goes. There are a lot of, you know, public parks that you can go to. You can, you know, experience trails, nature. These are all things that are very good. Lots of fun things to see animals and get to have that experience. But that's not your thing. You know, there's a lot of public pools that you can go to and who, you know, who doesn't enjoy, you know, a dip in the pool every once in a while. And again, you know, there's if you've got little ones, there's playgrounds as well. And a lot of the playgrounds these days, they have, you know, equipment for kids, but then they also have a section to the side where there's equipment for adults. So you can both do exercises, right? So getting out and and doing that weekend outing, I think is one great way that you can ensure every week you have that quality segment of time. Now that does take directly out of, you know, the discretionary time you have, but the second tip, which is incorporating activities of daily living as a family activity or into the family time is a way of not eating is of of leveraging the things that you're already doing. So what I mean by that is, you know, an activity of daily living might be something like prepping food for meals, right? You can turn that into a family activity, right? So you don't have to order that Papa John's. I love me some Papa John's by the way, but sometimes you can, you know, you can buy that pre-made crust if you don't want to roll it out yourself. But it's really not all that hard to just put out all the toppings and then let everyone customize their own pizzas. You know, if the kids want something more plain or you want something with a lot more toppings, you can do that and make it this fun, interactive experience. Everyone knows what pizza is, so I just use that as an easy example. But there's a lot of other different types of recipes and meals that you could do that with. And you're already going to be making the food and eating it. So this is a way of spending time with the family, but using an activity that you were going to do anyway. We talked about exercising as another type of activity. So all of these things that you do as part of daily living, you can actually do them together and and do them as a family. This third tip is similar is, is when you're doing chores specifically. So I like to think of these things as, you know, cleaning up or when you're doing laundry. So let's take the cleaning up example. You know, it may take more time to have everyone involved in cleaning up, but I also think in the long run, it could save time. It it could teach other people about how you like things organized or give them more awareness about how they're impacting the cleanliness of the environment. So cleaning up can absolutely be a family activity. Laundry can become a family activity. Even if you're the one that you like to make sure that you wash your clothes a certain way, the colors are separated or whites are separated from the colors and so forth. You know, you can do that, but then you can have the family be involved 
and putting away their own clothes or folding their own clothes. So it doesn't all have to be on one person who's, you know, maybe starting that process. My uh, 10-year-old daughter, she actually helps me out with paperwork. So she's scanning it. We're uploading it into Google Drive. She labels it, you know, helps me organize it. You know, kids say they know a lot these days about electronics. Some of them know how to do more things than we do. And so you'd be surprised at how some of those electronic activities could be delegated or done together with the younger kids. And even my son, he's seven years old, he'll take the papers that she just scanned and he'll start shredding them. So it's it becomes this whole family experience and they get a little enjoyment out of it. They get a little, you know, spending money, but they also, you know, get to spend time with their dad. And, you know, we all have this satisfaction of completing something together as a family. Those are three, you know, simple ways to get more time with the family. You know, that's weekend outings, incorporating activities into daily living, and then doing those chores together. I would say that, you know, the benefits of the three methods that I laid out is that it doesn't really take too much extra time. Aside from, you know, the weekend outings, but that's during the weekend when you have more time, most people should find that they can implement all of these tips. The downside of some of these is that you may have to compromise on some of your choices when you're converting it to a family activity. You know, I gave an example of the pizza, but if it was something, some other type of food, you know, it may not be... A type of cuisine that everyone in the family enjoys. So you may be a little bit more limited in that scenario. Same with, you know, exercise or going out, you know, the type of activities that everyone would like to do may whittle down your choices somewhat. So you do have to make compromises here and there. The other thing that I would like to point out is that you don't have to take away all of your personal time, right? That four hours of discretionary time and some of that time you are going to use for family time. You don't have to use all of it. Like you should have some personal time. You do need the ability to, you know, unwind and reflect and and have that. You know, don't let it be this uh, thing that that takes over your life. And even some things, you know, if you don't want it to be a family activity like the laundry, you know, maybe that's a time of relaxation for you and you really enjoy it and you get get something out of it then that's fine. You don't have to make it a family activity. So those are just some things to keep in mind when you're implementing these things. The bottom line takeaway here is you can really turn any activity into family time with a little bit of creativity and get more of that quality time that you may be looking for. I'd like to feature your tips. I always get great ideas and suggestions from other people. So if you have something that you'd like to share and you'd like to be featured on the show, please send us a text here at the show at 407-214-4303. That's 407-214-4303. Tell us your tip, leave your name, we'll share it on the show. And if you'd like to get notifications, please uh, follow or subscribe on the platform that you're listening to. And remember that life is how you choose to spend your time. Please use it wisely. Have a great day.